0: In a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries, one group of friends gather together to pay tribute to these films.
1: Pat Cantagano. Jason Kao. Dennis Matusch, Jeff Mazuka,
0: John Reed.
2: Bo bold.
0: Each week, they feature one movie that reminds us why we fell in love with these films in the first place. This year, we travel back in time to 1984 and 1985. You're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast. All right, well, this time around, uh, I have Pat and Dennis with me again, and we are going to be talking about Enemy Mine. Enemy Mine came out on December 20th, uh, 1985. So, a nice Christmas movie for you. Rated PG-13. Directed by Wolfgang Peterson, who did Das Boot, The NeverEnding Story, Air Force One, and Troy. Produced by Stephen J. Friedman, who did The Last Picture Show, and Slapshot. Uh, also produced by Stanley O'Toole, uh, who did movies called Outland, um, the Sean Connery science fiction movie, and Quigley Down Under. Written by Edward Kamara, who did Lady Hawk uh, and Dragon, The Bruce Lee Story. Uh, Barry Longyear was the person who wrote the novella that Enemy Mine is based off of. Music by Maurice Jarre, uh, who did the music for Lawrence of Arabia, Dr. Zhivago, and Dead Poets Society, among other things. Uh, Maurice Jarre died in 2009. The budget for this one was $40 million. The box office was $12.3 million. So it did not make back its money. That's why if you want to go find this movie, it might be tough to find on DVD. Starring Dennis Quaid as Willis Davidge, he was also in Inner Space, Something to Talk About, and Day After Tomorrow. Louis Gossett Jr. was Jeriba Jerry Shigan. Uh, he was in An Officer and a Gentleman and Skin Game. Brian James as Stubbs, he was in Blade Runner, The Fifth Element, and *Tango and Cash. Richard Marcus as Arnold, he was in Tremors and The Pretender. Carolyn McCormick as Morse in Law and Order episodes and lots of TV crime shows. Bumper Robinson as Samis. Uh, he was in the movie Brother Bear, the Disney cartoon, and the TV show Blackish, and lots of other cartoon and video games. Jim Mapp as the old Drac towards the end of the movie. He died in 2005, but he was in Speed, Clueless, and lots of TV shows. Lance Kerwin as Joey Wooster. He was in Salem's Lot and Outbreak. Rotten Tomatoes. The critics gave this one a 59%, the audience gave it a 69%. Siskel and Ebert, Ebert, uh, they gave it a two and a half out of four stars. Siskel gave it a thumbs up, and Ebert gave it a thumbs down when they reviewed it on, at the movies. Earthman Willis Davidge is one of the fighter pilots engaged in a battle with the reptilian Drax. As both races took to the stars as explorers, disputes over territory started the war. Both sides hate each other until Davidge and Jerry both crash land on an unexplored planet. They learn to look past each other's differences in order to survive.
2: Desolate planet. He is a soldier. Alone with his enemy. Ah! Also. Don't you understand English, toad face? I don't love you and you don't love me. Or his friend here, you understand? His suspicion will change. To tolerance. You saved my life. Why? I need to look at another face, even as ugly as yours. Tolerance will lead to friendship. We should open up a little place here. I could ruin the food. You could scare away the customers. <laughs> and with that friendship will come an overwhelming responsibility... Be Don't get around, Jerry. You must take my place. Protecting a life he values more than his own. Dennis Quaid, Louis Gossett Jr., Wolfgang Petersen's. Enemy Mine.
0: So, Enemy Mine was the 1980 novella uh, that actually won novella of the year uh, by Barry Longyear. Originally, this began production in Budapest in 1984 with a totally different director, uh, Richard Moncrane, who had done Richard III, Wimbledon, and Firewall. Uh, he was the director originally. He quit after about a week or so, citing creative differences. Wolfgang Peterson, who had done Neverending Story just before this. Took over and reshot all of his scenes because he thought they were horrible, and they moved the production to Munich. Uh, Fox's marketing department said that it was an extremely difficult movie to market. They did a lot of full page advertisements in newspapers, several TV ads. They covered malls with posters. Um, other people in the ad industry have said this is an example of marketing handled very, very poorly, uh, just because they said they didn't think they designed the advertising very well. It was called This Season's Dune because Dune at the time was a big box office sci-fi flop. Um, so the New York Times referred to this one as this year's Dune. Um, there are other movies or stories that have been cited with a similar similar premise where you have two people from opposing sides stuck on an island somewhere. Um, we have a movie called None But the Brave in 1965, Hell in the Pacific uh, in 1968, and the Star Trek The Next Generation episode, Darmok, in 1991. Uh, studio... you remember that one? I do. Yeah. I, I was going to be a total mm-hmm. gale- uh, geek out with it when
3: I remember the line, uh, Darmok and uh, Tanagra, at Tanagra mm-hmm. Where
0: the Walls Fell. Yeah. <laughs> so Darmok, nice. Where the Walls Fell. It's, it's late at night and we're geeking out mm-hmm. right oh, now. But. Okay. Uh, studio executives wanted to make sure there was an actual mine in the movie because they felt audiences would not understand that the mine in the title was possessive. Um, that's according to the author of the novella at a convention, uh, he said studio executives thought that the audiences were pretty stupid, so they needed to actually put a mine in the movie. Uh, supposedly, there are two alternate endings. Um, the U.S. version has, or the, originally, there were going to be two alternate endings. Uh, the U.S. version was going to have zombies and Davidge get drunk, argue with each other, and walk off in opposite directions. The British version, uh, they were going to be arguing with each other, and a bomb drops on them both. And that would have been the end of the movie.
3: And the studio execs think the audience yeah, is stupid. It. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yep. There you go. There you go. All right. So some other background and, and other notes that I was able to find on this movie. Uh, the website io9, and, and this is going to kind of lead into some of the questions I'm going to ask. Uh, io9.com has called this movie, quote, a complex task- tapestry of heartwarming WTF. Uh, somethingawful.com dot com said, "This is go. the hands down best movie you'll ever see about a space fighter pilot befriending a pregnant hermaphroditic alien <laughs> lizard frog." <laughs> there we go. The original novella. So here's here's the original story, and you can see how they changed a few things when they adapted this into a movie. The original novella is similar, but when Davidge is shot um, at that point, kind of two thirds of the way through the movie, the scavengers take zombies. Davidge wakes up to find that the war is over. The scavengers were arrested, and their slaves were sent back to Dracon, the home planet of the Drax. Davidge travels to Dracon, meets Jerry's parents, and searches for Zamis. Zamis is found in a house of despair for Drax, who have not been presented to the Holy Council. Davidge then finds Zamis and ultimately presents him to the Council, and everybody lives happily ever after. Uh, it is difficult to find copies of this movie because it did so poorly, and back in the day, stores like Blockbuster stocked their shelves with copies of the movie based on its box office returns. So this one did not do well. And at the time, we were still mortal enemies of the Soviet Union, so it's a little tough to sell a movie that tries to tell you that your mortal enemy might not be so bad. Um, I have here also that Lewis Gossett Jr. did the Drak voice himself. There were no special effects. He kind of, I guess he learned how to gargle and make those noises all on his own. Um, Much of the Drak language is Russian, pronounced backwards. And Terry Gilliam was actually offered the directing job, but turned it down in order to make the movie Brazil, which we have talked about a few months ago. Brazil. Alright, so, this goes back to the quotes from I09, calling this movie a complex tapestry of heartwarming WTF, or somethingawful.com, this is the hands-down best movie you'll ever see about a space fighter pilot befriending a pregnant, hermaphroditic alien lizard frog. So my first question, good actors, good story. Why do you think this wasn't well-received? Why did it not work out well? Quirky. There's
3: too many, I think, too many little quirky things in there for a movie. Like, And you mentioned the Star Trek. And it's funny because I thought of that Star Trek episode, but I thought of a couple of Star Trek episodes where, you know, there's two completely, you know, they're locked on a planet. And then I, as I was uh, thinking about it more, that's a one hour show. And so you can kind of like, you know, in a one hour show, you can kind of trim some of the excess off. Um, There was a whole lot in this movie where, and I've heard you guys actually, I've been keyed into it doing this podcast because I've heard you guys talk about it. Okay. That scene didn't need to be there because it's already being, you know, okay. This scene represents this part of it. They have, they've already done that 16 times. They could take it out and streamline the movie. There just seemed to be a lot of extra stuff in this movie that was like, Okay, we've seen that. We've established that. We don't, you know. Let's move on. And I think you can be, in some ways, I think you could be a little bit quirkier in a in a one hour episode as part of a mini or a series. Because okay, that was a quirky one. Well, let's get. We'll be back to it next week. When you throw all that into a movie, well, that's your one shot deal. So I, I, I think, you know, not that I, I mean, and it didn't weird me out, but the fact that okay, well. The male gets pregnant, or it's a the what well, I think it was a hermaphrodite, right? right. Wasn't right. that the male female? Yes. Yeah, right. yeah, it gets pregnant, and that, and so I, you know, I don't have a problem with it, but I, you know, would you be bringing kids to see it? Well, no, it was PG thirteen. Okay, well, are thirteen and fourteen year olds and fifteen year olds going to go want to see that? Well, probably not. That probably just going to weird them out. Okay, so that takes – that.
0: so I don't know. There was just – it was – Well, and I I saw this before I was 13, 14. Okay. I mean, I saw this as a kid. I think – this was probably go back to the same uncle that showed me a whole bunch of movies I never should have seen. Um, This is the same uncle. He loved this movie. From from what I remember, he loved this movie, and he's the reason I saw this movie. Um, Probably one of the times that he was either babysitting or I was over at his house and and he wanted to watch a movie – I remember watching this one, and I remember being pretty young, maybe like, I don't know, seven, eight mm-hmm. at the time. Um, so it would have just been, he bought the one VHS copy that was released somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I remember loving it. I remember, yeah. I remember watching this, and I don't know if I loved it because I, I like movies about aliens, and I like sci-fi, or I don't remember if I loved it because he loved it. Mm-hmm. And we, we've talked about that before. you know. Some of these movies, we go back and watch and we're like, why did I like that? Oh, because I watched this with my dad, or I watched this with my uncle, or and they loved it so much that that kind of you know yeah. rubbed off on me, and, and so that's why I love this one. Um, but I remember being really young when yeah. I saw this movie, and I, I remember liking it,
3: yeah. I, I, and that I mean, and the thing is, I should preface I don't know if I said this before we started recording, I enjoyed the movie, yeah. so I'm kind of like trying
0: to guess why. Well, why did it do so, you know, because it's a great story. I mean, the whole yeah. idea of. I think when I when I told Sharon we were going to sit down and watch this movie, I th- I think the way I presented this to her was I said it's kind of a, it's almost like a, well, maybe civil rights is not the right description, but it's almost like a civil rights movie in space. Yeah. Like you've got two races that really don't get along, and you've pushed them together and you've put them in an environment where they have to rely on each other in order to survive. Yeah. So then it becomes about a... Race issue, or it becomes about not even necessarily race, but maybe like a you know, if you want to, it's 80s, so you could say USA, USSR, yeah, kind of thing. Um, you know, having to coexist and almost not just coexist, but like really get to know, um, and change your perspective on someone who is a mortal enemy, like somebody who you'd never have anything to do with at all, yeah. And so, I think I presented this to her by saying "Eh, it's like a civil rights movie in space, yeah, which is kind of a strange way it but now Dennis you said you haven't seen this movie I haven't seen it since
1: like like literally and that's why I want to see it again because I do that I do remember it being a movie that we liked movie that we enjoyed and, and that's why I'm curious to see how it will hold up and if it's still the same way I'm gonna watch it with my son and daughter will watch it too I'm sure exactly you guys just recently saw it so is that what age would you let a kid see this movie? just curious
2: uh, you know, I saw it when it was
1: I saw it originally when it was came out probably not at the theater but like on the yeah. or VHS at the time i mean I was pretty, probably i was pretty, pretty 14, young
0: but yeah I, mean, I, was, I was like 13, 14, probably okay. 'cause I was probably I, mean, I was probably seven, but I saw a lot of movies when I was younger I shouldn't have seen I would probably say no younger than ten, okay, yeah. like I don't know that I would show this to to John yet john's uh eight uh, I don't think I would show this one to him yet I'd wait a couple years yeah. Show it to yeah, another. I would do it, either. and and nothing because I don't think that there's anything. You might not get in, it as much. I don't as think you get it, gets, it right. Yeah. It's not that it's violent. It's not that it's. It's not that there's a lot of language. There's a little bit of language, but not much. Yeah. Um, I remember I think, I the actors. The well, he's teaching him the like, and I taught him a
3: little bit of our language. And right. the first thing he does he, is swear. You know, right. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 But I, I, I but thought it was funny. funny yeah. But it was yeah. great. Yeah. It was, you know. What do you mean? Not solid. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was. It was a. Like I think he said, heartwarming mm-hmm. in the one yeah, it was. I was just watching it. I'm like, this is really. Cool. I remember it being I,
1: a nice film. Like I remember like caring about the characters, feeling sad when he, you know, uh-huh. I be, you know and, and I thought it was well acted. From what I, I'm just going again from what I remember from years,
0: I don't yeah. remember anything bad about that movie in terms of I didn't like it. Some of the I remember liking it, so. yeah. Some of the criticisms that came out at the time and that people still have is that he, Lewis Gossett Jr. is cited as having like one of the best portrayals of an alien. Because he really tried to get some mannerisms down, and but then people's criticism is the alien becomes too human. Once they start to get along with each other, then all of a sudden, you know, he's he's cracking jokes and he's you know somehow he's developed an I'm Earth sense of humor. From each other, but right. So one of the but one of the criticisms is he did such a what's that. <laughs> it's like coaching with sad is that what you are yeah, talking like you know the hand <laughs> yeah.
1: oh that's awesome I think that, anybody I that you coach with you wear no you wear you know right. the personality wears off so if you're on this planet surviving together I think they wouldn't actually pick up some yeah. of each other's tendencies and, and, and jokes or sense humor so I don't think that's a I think that's an unfair criticism but,
0: but did Dennis Quaid did that did he become more alien
1: well, that, that, the might be, that might be the there criticism. Be He's more understanding. understanding, but he
0: doesn't adopt the mannerisms of the well, aliens. I think that's their criticism is he did such an awesome job of these mannerisms and the language and everything else that people wanted him to stay more alien. To, to, to be somebody you could connect with, but to still like physically and visually... Well, when I he see that was a hermaphrodite point. that did give birth to the young, so well,
3: maybe, maybe I don't know <laughs> yeah. what else. I mean, that's, that's well, pretty different. Pull than, it right out of the stock. And the yeah. fact that we are... The, the and and that that, I'm not being no, totally yeah. joking about no, it. No, I mean, what well, else do you that's, want? That's, you know, what what the fact sense. the fact that
1: the fact that we're humans watching it, we're going to side right. more with him being normal and him not ever picking up with the alien tendency. What right. if we were an alien species watching this movie, and we're looking at Dennis Quaid as the alien... We might be saying, oh, Dennis Quaid picked up a few minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I'm just, yeah. We're so normal with human experience that we, that we don't, we're not going to see that. It, right. it, for us, it's the other people, the other species here is going to be adopting our way of life. We'll, we'll notice that more than us adopting there. Yeah. Just because of, we're, we're one of Dennis Quaid. You know? So I don't think
0: it's, uh, But I'll, I'll look for that when I watch it.
1: Yeah.
0: So for me, this movie, and, and, and watching it again, Um, You know, and I had forgotten, because it's been years since I've seen this movie, up to the point where he gets shot. Like the scene where, and that's where it kind of breaks from the the novella, too. That's where the story changes. I remembered a lot of this movie up until the point where he gets shot. And then when he kind of blacks out, in fact, I don't even remember him getting shot. I remember that Zombies goes off and he sees the the scavengers and they kind of try to grab him and there's a fight. I didn't remember Davidge getting shot. And when that happened in the movie, I'm like, oh. I don't remember him dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go through the whole like Do they ever funeral explain thing it? with it. No. Okay, I was like, like how he, I... how he was dead for Yeah. And how with all their grand technology they couldn't figure out if the guy was still alive. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's they don't explain it and that's what other people some people have said, yeah, that's kinda of ridiculous is you know, this isn't the future. They should know the guy's not dead. Yeah. Um But at that point in the movie, that's the point where the movie loses me. And I and I still like the movie and I still like I feel like the ending is too rushed. Like where they, they, do and they don't even show you anything when he takes him back to the home planet and presents him to the Holy Council. It's from this really far away shot. Yeah. You don't see anybody up close. You don't see, so it's like this, yo, oh, last minute, real quick, let's throw in this scene, the uh, happy ending thing. Yeah. Um, and you you don't get to see any of the detail of it. And I'm thinking like, well, why couldn't, I mean, we, we get the whole ceremony, um, you know, on Vulcan in Star Trek Three, mm-hmm. when they're trying to get you know Spock back in his body, we get a kind of alien religious ceremony there, and that was kind of cool because you could see the details. You could yeah. see you had up close people. With this one, it was just kind of, a, and he took him back to his home planet, and everyone lived happily ever after. Yeah, and that was too fast. Yeah, but the other part of it that I didn't like was from the moment he's shot, and then it moves into. Okay, he's back and we we shaved him, so he looks like a human again and he, he's not a caveman anymore and, and oh now he you know he's gotta steal a spaceship and go back and rescue his kid and then they have a you know a, a commando fight with the with the bad guy. Just you know, it's you know, it's Dennis Wade instead of Arnold Schwarzenegger, but right. you know, it's that kind of it's a steamy, you know, mining right. place. Right. It looks really similar. That's the part of the movie that loses me. If I if I was taking this movie, the one made in 1985, and I was editing this movie differently. What I think I would do is I would cut out the scene where uh, maybe I'd cut out the scene where he gets shot mm-hmm. and maybe, maybe he just fights with them and you know they they run off or they assume he's dead or whatever. I would be totally happy with this. Because that was my other questions is how do you feel about the ending of this movie? I would be totally happy if they never get picked up off this planet. Okay. Like if they never, if that part never gets resolved, if it's just him and zombies, the kid, and they, they happen to see that there's some scavengers there, but, you know, they take all the resources that they want and they leave, and the two of them are left on this planet, and you just kind of have this, you know, they're playing football or whatever they're doing, and it fades to black. I'm good. Yeah. Like, that's all I need from this movie. I don't need a fight. I don't okay. need an 80s movie fight, mm-hmm. um, you know, between the crazy bad guy and crazy bad guy that, you know, doesn't even show up until the very end of the movie. anyway. Right. right. Um, I don't need that I, for this movie because, and you said it too, that the whole idea of it being heartwarming is, I don't mind. I don't mind if it just fades to black as they're as he's teaching him something about football. There you great, go. done. Yeah, and, and I'm happy. Yeah. So I the ending to me, in watching it again, I didn't like the ending. Yeah, I I um I thought that, it was too rushed and too different from the rest of the movie. Okay,
3: and and the whole thing, it just nothing, you know, it didn't have. It didn't have much pop to me. Yeah. I mean, it was just there was nothing that would really bring me in. Now you didn't. I'm going to jump way back. You didn't like the last Starfighter, right?
0: You know, um, because or you you were. It, I thought it was okay. It was just the space. There was there was kind. too much that took me out of the movie. Okay, like the whole I was I was still hung up on the whole Death Blossom thing. Okay, you know, if you got the Death Blossom, why do you need a great Starfighter? Right. You just need somebody with fingers that can push a button.
3: Right, and that. And I guess that's, when I watch this movie, it's like, this is a great story. This is, mm. this is, like, we'll use the word heartwarming. It's, you know, it's it's needy But then it's like, beyond that, I, I just don't know if there's enough that's really going to suck me in that, ah, I want to watch this again, or wait, let's watch it again, and this is going to be a great message for the kids. Which it, you know, it is, and it's great, yeah. but it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't have that pop or that spark, and that's, I mean, I'm not really defining what I expect, I, you know, but... Monica Bellucci, and it. would Yeah, there, there you go. I, All of a sudden, know, they walk to the other side of the planet, and she's just there. The, and it's and, just... It's, that's it. Well, you know, the other thing, too, with the, the music... But she gives the, birth. <laughs> yeah. That's the
0: mind part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> which, she's
3: mine. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Hands off. The, um, the music, too, and I mean, I guess the guy has some street cred because he wrote, you know, Lawrence of Arabia and yeah. a whole bunch of other things, but some of the music didn't quite seem to fit the mood. Uh Like, some of the music I was listening to, and it was all kind of, like, happy and... And and it's funny,
0: knowing that, knowing that this was the same director that did The NeverEnding Story, I got really confused, because then I thought, oh, this sounds like NeverEnding Story music, too. Yeah. And so then I took a look at it, I'm like, well, he didn't do NeverEnding Story music, but it sounded like it. Yeah. And I was like, well, maybe that was... Maybe that was the director you know, putting his influence on the music, right. or I don't know. But, yeah, there were some times where the music didn't it seem was just, to match. Yeah, it was just the movie. That took me out a little bit, because every time... Yeah. Some of the times I heard the music, of like they're walking across this landscape, and the, the music kind of swells up, and I'm like, that sounds like a never-ending story. Yeah. This movie's not a never-ending story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. That, and, I mean...
3: Yeah, that, that was it. Like I said, it was it was a neat story. It was a fun movie, but I could just see where... You know, it might get with all the other movies that came out in 1985. Right. You know. I, and this one
0: came out at the end of the year. Like, this was, you know, yeah. And I came. think maybe that's a more recent thing for Christmas time to be a, a big time for movies. Well, and you, you speak recently, and, you know, a couple weeks ago or
3: whenever, we were talking about the. the modern movie with Spectre, and I, I passed the comment that, yeah. you know, there's a ton of, there were a ton of previews before the one, I mean, there was like a half hour of previews. Right. And in watching those previews, the really sad thing was, it was like, I don't want to right. yeah. see that. I don't want to see that. Right. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. Don't want to see that either. Yeah, forget about it. Nope. Sorry. Yeah. And I think it's just that 1985, there were really a lot of good movies that came out. Right. I mean, you know. You, you got to up your game, yeah. you know, and or maybe not up your game. But that's the wrong way to say it, but it it'll get lost in the cracks because there's just so many other good
0: movies. Do you think that? And this this kind of is rewording a question that I you know had had presented earlier. Um, the question I had was, it didn't do well in theater, so it's not likely to get a remake. But if you were in charge of remaking this movie, what would you do differently? Add a little bit to that. If at the time we were still you know, because you've got Rocky IV, and you have yeah, the whole yeah. USA versus USSR. If at the time this was not the right time to make a movie where you said, "Hey, look, the person you think is your enemy, they're really not so bad," and people saw it as a maybe like a, a metaphor of USA versus USSR. Do you feel like people today are more willing to reevaluate their relationships <laughs> with people, no. or reevaluate? Do you think that today? people would would this movie do better if it came out today? I think it might. Yeah. I think it might. You know, I think we're gonna get into get into social issues. Think of like all the race stuff going on right now after Ferguson in Missouri and and think of the all of the different civil rights type things with gay marriage and, you know, groups of people that you wouldn't have necessarily you know, not that you think of them as enemies, but you know, groups of people that you wouldn't necessarily have sat down with and, and really Made an attempt to get to know. Well, we talk. We talk in.
1: We talk about it in class with the Twilight Zone episodes because, mm-hmm. in the original whatever Playhouse Theater that that um that uh, or the actual original show was that Rod Serling wrote for, he wanted to write a script that dealt directly with the Matta Till story because mm-hmm. he was ticked off about it and yeah. he wanted to write about the ugliness of that situation and the censors in the South were going to pull their advertising and you know, from the show, and they they all, you know, they told Rod, you have the changes, he changed the script, he watered it down, put it in California from the instead of the south, and he was just so disgusted by it all, that's really how the Twilight Zone episode, or episodes came created, was because he figured he could use science fiction to get a point across to some of these people, like, through it, like, kind of an ASAP fable with animals, where it's not, like, in your face, and I don't think this is an in your face, it has the subtlety of, like, the enemy. I don't know how many people picked up and if that would be the real reason. I mean, maybe they did, but I don't know if it should have been the, the reason for its demise because it wasn't an outwardly this is about, you know, loving your enemy type of thing, like the whole Russian connection or anything like that. It, it wasn't like that. And and I think some of Rod Rod stuff was back then, and those are some of the people's favorite episodes. Uh, the Beholder is directly about that. And it's so so it's interesting that I don't as a kid I wouldn't have picked up on that. Just a general state. So I don't know if it's the reason for it. Like if people were going, we don't like this because of this, and now today people would be more accepting. Um, I think people are maybe more accepting in general with things that are on TV. We become so accustomed to some of the things, we're not as offended by that. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's the reason that I think it just might be bad timing. Just sometimes that movie just is seen at the wrong time. Like I said, so what again was the it? Rotten, yeah? I think you could. What was the Rotten Tomatoes verdict for,
0: for audience? Uh, rotten Tomatoes on this one was I, Yeah, 68%. it
1: was sixty-eight like, uh, percent.
0: No, it was sixty-nine percent. Okay, so it's like, critics critics gave it fifty-nine and the audience gave it sixty-nine percent. Sixty-nine percent
1: of people liked it. So I mean, you know, you're pleasing almost you know seventy percent of the people. It's better than what what the on one is, and we all like that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. It's bad luck sometimes. Sometimes I, movies are. Just... So I was interesting. I was talking about the Star Wars when it's being released. Not that that's not going to that's going to do great matter when it's released. But is there a great time to release Star Wars to really oh, just punch it through the record books? You know, is it wait till summer when everybody's out of school, or is it wait till the holidays when people really you know you can't go outside and play you know, as easily as you can? So people are looking for some indoor thing and taking your people get together and family Star Wars. I mean, is that a good marketing? Because I think you said all the other ones were towards summer, so this would be like yeah, the first one I think summer. that is going to be this, a, a, a you know, Christmas and it's, release. And it can't be, I mean, it, it can't, can't be, be a coincidence session. that
0: this is coming out the Friday before nearly every school in the country is going to start winter break. Yeah, and
1: that's what I'm saying. So I sometimes I don't know when that when I mean mine was released. It was December twentieth. December twentieth, yeah. and you probably you know is that the type of film you want to go see at Christmas? I don't know if that's the best time to release that movie, right? So could it be just the victim of when it was released? I mean, there probably was other Christmas holiday choices out there, and people who were with their families. are going to go see that versus Enemy Mine, because you look at some of the other things they did, and that that's, kind of surprised me. I, re-
0: I remember making a comment bad when they had the space scenes at the, like the battle at the beginning with the, the spaceships. I remember looking at that and going, "Wow, some of that looks really fake." You know, they should have got ILM Industrial Light and Magic. They should have got them to do it. And then the credits come up, and it turns out it was Industrial Light and Magic that did those scenes. Oh. And I'm like, oh maybe they like maybe they gave industrial light and magic like a really small budget <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <Yeah. laughs> to put these
0: scenes together because i'm like that doesn't compare with star wars at all and then i get to it and i'm like oh it was the same company that did star wars yeah okay that, that doesn't match up yeah but no so i was just i was just curious if you think this is something that could get remade today and do better
3: yeah i possibly you know i, I agree with Dennis, that, 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 you know the way he described it was was spot on. It, well, it was it was right because I agreed with him. Yeah. No, that's not the way I meant that to come out. But um, but the way he said it was spot on. I think that you know they can remake it today. I think it's a great story. I think it's. I don't know if it hinges on society being more accepting or less accepting. I don't know if it was back in the day. I just don't see it. That well, people didn't like the movie because it talked about you know it was you know we were. Mortal enemies with the Soviet Union, and so people didn't really want to, you know, get along with the Soviet
0: Union. That they were the enemy, and I, or or is it a civil rights thing? Because and I don't know if this is a coincidence or not. Is it a civil rights thing because the human character is Dennis Quaid, who's white, and the alien character is Louis Gossett Goss, Jr., who's black? Is it then a maybe? Let's get along, get along yeah. with our brother, kind of thing.
3: Yeah, yeah I mean, maybe.
2: Yeah.
3: I I think. I don't know. I think there would probably be other reasons that that movie did or did not do well in the 80s and, or, or would or would not do well today uh, than the social commentary piece. I mean, yeah. you know, obviously that's not the nature of the podcast, so I'll just, I'll, I'll end my remarks there with, with all that, but I, I you know, I, I, yeah, I think there'd be other things that would, before the social piece, you know, would, uh, would affect people's acceptance of the movie.
0: Thank you once again for joining us on the 30-something movie podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, you can give us a call at 872-35MOVIE. That's 872-35MOVIE, 872-356-6843. So if you have any feedback you want to send us and you want to just call in and leave a voicemail, that's how you'd go about doing that. Don't worry, it's not going to call any of our phones and interrupt us. It goes straight through to voicemail. So if you've got anything, send it in. You can also tweet us at 30podcast. That's at 3-0 podcast. thats at three zero podcast we are on Instagram, instagram.com slash 30podcast. There's not a whole lot up there yet. We just started it, um, but we're going to get some more put up there as time goes by. You can visit our website and patron page at the30podcast.podbean.com. There's a link there that says Be My Patron. You can click that, and if you feel inclined to contribute financially to the show, um, you can do that there. Hit us on the face, facebook.com slash 30podcast. We are on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and the Satchel Podcast app, which is currently an Android only right now. Uh, If you are on iTunes, if you subscribe to us through iTunes, please feel free to jump on there and give us a review. We currently do not have any reviews on iTunes, so we would appreciate any feedback you can give us. We love five-star reviews, but um, if it's not a five-star review, we still want to hear from you. Come on back next week. We'll be discussing the Akira Kurosawa epic samurai tragedy, Ran. And the week after that, we'll be discussing Ron Howard's epic geriatric romantic comedy, Cocoon so we'd love to see you back then. Until
2: then... This is my head. That is your ugly head. No, no. This is my head. That is you head. You ugly head! <laughs>